right. How is everyone this week? Even though we can't talk to you, we hope you are all well. Yes. We hope you are surviving. Thriving. E- exam weeks. Crazy. It's really going well right now. Crazy. All right. Before we get into this episode, we're just going to do an acknowledgement to country. So we acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians on the land at which we are recording today, which is the Gubby Gubby and the Kabi Kabi people. And we just pay our respects to the elders past, present and emerging and acknowledge that this has been land of learning and celebration for many thousands of years before us. Absolutely. And a special mention to our pot plant. Emma, (laughs) would you like to describe our pot plant? Um, Yeah, for those who uh, can't see it on TikTok... Uh, it is one we bought from Kmart. It's got some special Aboriginal art on it. Um, the, the artist's name is leaving my mind, but I believe her name is Holly and it's just a beautiful artwork. We will link her artwork and take a photo, maybe do a post on Instagram. Yeah, definitely. It's gorgeous. And we haven't figured out a name for it. Actually, we have. I thought it was Frankie. Frankie. Okay. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So this episode is going to give you an intel on how we got into OT, specifically focusing on burnout this episode. Um, We're also going to touch on what causes it, our experiences with it, and most importantly, spread awareness for OT week next week. So it's the week that this episode comes out. Yes. So it's this week. This is in honour of OT weeks and in honour of the amazing OTs across worldwide. We are very grateful for what you do and your knowledge that you share to us every day. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Emma. (laughs) Okay, um, let's get into it. So what's our first point of action? Um, I think we should touch on how we got into OT. Emma, take it away. Ooh, me first. Okay. Um, I actually, I'm going to tell a story and Paris is going to roll her eyes. I don't think I've told you this before, Paris. I know. So, um, leaving high school, all throughout my journey of high school, I was like, I want to be a teacher. I want to work with kids. That's what I'm doing. I had a little bit of a stint in wanting to do midwifery, uh, but then oh, I did it because I was terrified. Um of being responsible for delivering a baby. Do you know what I'm saying? Like that's Do big you know responsibility. What? I really wanted to go into that field as well. Huh. That's crazy. No, yeah. Anyway. Um, but then it came to the end of year twelve or start of year twelve when you have to start preferencing. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Um and I went to the careers counsellor lady. Um and I was like, hey, kinda don't know what I want to do. These are my interests. Um, what are my options? I was like I know I want to try physiotherapy. That was like my top preference, but I didn't know what to put under that. And she was like, oh, have you thought about occupational therapy? I was like, do you want to know what I said? I said, I don't want to help people get jobs. <laughs> Emma! <laughs> and like, Brutal. obviously that was my understanding of OT at that time. And I, oh, it makes me cringe looking back. Yeah. Um, but it makes me sad that the careers counsellor, at no fault of her own, she probably didn't even know the specifics of OT either, but she didn't push me. She was just like, oh, okay, um, well, then we can maybe look at teaching as your second preference. Mm. So I got to actually preferencing, and I did a little bit of research on OT. And I was like, oh, I really want to move to the area that the uni is in anyway. I'm just going to put it down as my second preference. 
come to the end of year 12, getting your offers. Uh, I didn't get physio. Wasn't smart enough for physio. That's okay. I was just like, yep, we'll just do a year in my second preference and then I can transfer, right? That did not occur. I'm end of second year now. I obviously fell in love with it. I think, I think the course, the program design that we have does a really excellent job in like helping you fall in love with OT. Like we don't just, it doesn't just give you all the details all at once. It like slowly you have a journey of understanding the career path more. I just found an absolute love for OT. I feel like it, it merged my interests and the things I wanted to work in so well, but it's even opened my eyes up more to the things I am possible of doing. So obviously pediatrics was my initial thought, but now I'm like, mental health is so interesting. Um, yes, working and spinal cord injuries. And traumatic brain injuries. I'm like, that stuff is so inter- interesting, sorry. And it's never something that I would have tried to go into because yeah. I didn't think I had the possibility of it. So that's what I love about OT. Can you tell we've just done our neuro exam? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Okay. That's my story. How did you get into OT? All right. So I guess it all started when I went on year 10 work experience. I went to Sunshine Coast Hand Therapy and um, it's the owner is a good friend, a family friend of my family's. So it was natural to sort of go with her, get guidance from her. I really wasn't sure if OT was what I was like in love with at that time, but yeah, I went... I went on work experience and I loved it. I fell in love with hand therapy. It's such a beautiful job and you get rewards every day. Could even just be splinting. Um, And yeah, I kind of fell in love with it then. And ever since grade 10, I've wanted to be an OT. I was sort of thinking, uh, well, I should mention as well, I did also go to a teaching placement in grade 10 as well. And I I just saw the difference from a teaching <laughs> placement to an OT placement. And I was like, yeah, no, look, OT, uh, teaching is not for me. That's all right. Um, but yeah, ever since then, I've been super interested in OT. And yeah, it's kind of just been a gradual kind of progression into high school studies and then straight into OT in uni yeah yeah that's cool all right I feel like that's mine's not as interesting I guess mine's just mine is just the things that make OTs cringe like not wanting to help people get jobs that's just like looking back oh oh I just want to like slap her and be like what are you doing (laughs) this is what you're made to do (laughs) I was actually also interested in um geological science which is like yeah I know that's completely different I know I know so I had OT and then I had this other field I don't I'm not even sure if it's called that anymore but anyway um it's basically google maps so (laughs) (laughs) no it's like surveying like surveying okay anyway shout out to all the all the surveyors out there Anyway, oh my gosh. Um, okay, segue, segue. Segue, a really natural segue there. Um, today, what we, I think the topic of our conversation today is definitely going to be around burnout, burnout. like we said before, because I am very burnt out. Um, or at least was. I think I'm getting better now. But um, I think before we even get into this, I think 
a big part of occupational therapy is therapeutic use of self. And within that, there is an appropriate amount of self-disclosure, sorry. So um, when we go into stories today, we'll obviously be sharing a lot of our personal experiences with burnout. Um, But I think Paris and I are going to be very mindful about how much we share because as much as we want just to tell you all of our deepest, darkest secrets, uh, it's we have to remember that we have to keep it very appropriate. So that's just something I want to say first, (laughs) just so you know. Yeah, and I think that's really important because um, I know that as well, a super important thing is boundaries. And, you know, things in life happen and you can face them just in your inner circle you don't have to tell everyone um but we will be telling you things today yes (laughs) um just a disclosure as well we are not professionals we are Mm. still students and don't take everything verbatim yeah um but yeah please take some tips from us these have really helped us in times where we've been super burnt out (laughs) um but yeah let's get into it yeah okay um so A really important quote, I guess, I want to share is that burnout is your body's way of telling you to slow down so that it can heal. We think so much, what I like to think of it as is burnout, when you're putting your body under so much stress physically, there has to be a point where you have to let it heal and stop what you're doing, have bed rest. Mm -hmm. Whereas we're a lot more hard on ourselves about mental health and we're like, no, I don't need, I, I can just keep going. I don't care how much stress I'm under. I have to get this assignment done. I have to get ready for this exam. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And on that, we don't want to make ourselves do anything and everything. We don't want to push the body to its max. I know a lot of our listeners are uni students and I think it's really, really important to consider your outside life as well you really need to factor in time for yourself. Um, And we will be doing an episode as well on who you surround yourself with in Mm. uni because, oh my gosh, it just makes such a difference. (laughs) Like, I mean, like just little things like that are happening in life and you come into lectures and you can't focus, you know, you can't take in any of the information that you're probably going to be assessed on. It's it's just a disaster. So what we really (laughs) want to stress is that, you want to maintain your energy, keep it to yourself, don't share it with everyone, um, and look after yourself, queens. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's great advice. Something I want to touch on with burnout is kind of how I deal with it in my personal experience, and I'm trying to get better with this because I know that it's not the way to deal with it, and it's actually the complete opposite of what you're supposed to do with it. But mentally, I'm like, well, there's deadlines. like, And realistically, there is. But you're not going to hit those deadlines to the quality you want to if you're burnt out. So when I experience burnout, I'm just like, whatever. I just have to keep going. You know, this exam's on Monday. <laughs> Get over it. <laughs> and I'm just like, if you push yourself harder, you'll find the motivation. Where realistically, with burnout... It's a whole different level of stress. It's stress to the point where you just completely disassociate. You're just, you don't have motivation. You can't create motivation. Your body is just telling you to stop. You're not functioning properly. So pushing through it is not 
gonna do anything not like always the way yeah, yeah it's definitely not always the way um when yeah so that's my that's my default I'm always just like we'll get it right um but something I'm trying keyword trying to to incorporate into my life and my experience with burnout is being like okay I'm burnt out at the moment what I can do is take a step away because I know that any of the work I'm going to do won't be the quality that I want it to be. Oh, preach. Mm. You know what? I'm just going to cut in there because I've just been recently studying for my neuro exam and Emma has been texting me saying, Paris, take a break. Take a break. <laughs> I've been stuck in my room for the last five days studying. <laughs> oh my God. It sounds so bad. Studying neuro content. And oh my gosh, it. I just felt like I couldn't step away. Like, I feel like there's two different zones of burnout. There's like a super productive one, but like where you're not taking in anything, like your brain is refusing to absorb any information. Um, and at that point, I think hot tip, <laughs> step away from the office. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, so out, so out of the, out of the anyway, realm continue, of imagination. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think Paris touched on a good point there. Like, I'm able to understand, no, you need to take a step away. But when it comes to myself, I'm like, well, no, you just have to keep oh pushing. God, yes. Yeah. And so. if it was you texting me that, I would have been like, Emma, look after yourself. Yeah. Try make a cup And of you tea. did. Yeah. When I was coming up to my exam, you were like, just, you know, take a break, yeah. have a shower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, I mean, I did because I had to. Um, I think that really raises a good point because I love the quote, look after yourself like you would look after someone you love. Mm. Okay. So um, if you're telling someone to look after themselves and have a shower, have a cup of tea, just take a break, talk to your partner, debrief, do that for yourself because that's what's going to make a difference Mm. in life. Okay. So we've got some hot tips here. Ooh. Okay. The first one is really good for work-life balance. And if my mum is listening to this right now, <laughs> she will say, Paris, you really need to drop something from your life. You're, it's crazy. Anyway, first tip is psychological detachment. So this big word means step away from work when you're not at work. This means, um, so being mentally away and focusing on activities that light you up and create more happiness. This could be going for a walk. Could be playing Sims like Emma. <laughs> <laughs> that was the creepiest laugh. Um, what is this for you, Emma? What is psychological detachment? Well, I think talking about personal experience, something I want to talk about in terms of burnout, something that's really important to me is going through high school. I believe um, that I was definitely like... I had my head, my hands in every different bucket. How do you say, what is that phrase? Like I was, we'll just say that I play, I had so many different hats. I had so many different roles. Um, so many occupational roles. Oh my gosh. Um, Like there was points where I was working two jobs, going to high school, finding time for the gym, finding time for my boyfriend. Um, and I look back and I'm like, how did I do that? Yeah. Like how? Because now I have one job and I'm doing uni and I have a boyfriend still. But 
I'm completely burnt out. Yeah, but I feel like it's so different. Uni is so different to high school. And I keep telling my sister this. She's like, she's so smart, but she's studying (laughs) for um, her external exams at the moment. Mm. And she's looking at, well, she actually was looking at getting into speech therapy. Wow. But um, yeah, she actually wants to go into radiology besides the point. But she is super, super burnt out in the moment. And I feel like her level of burnt out and her reason for burnout is so different to mine. A no, different I, responsibility, yeah. I don't even I know how to say this. Yeah. But, and I feel like high school students, they have the pressure of getting the right score to go into a course they want. Mm. And, um, yeah, I guess it's same but different. I don't know. But I think it's completely fair that you're burnt out with a boyfriend, a job. Yeah. You're so pay for bills you also yeah. <laughs> you know that. you've got to but, um, give yourself credit Emma yeah and I guess in like terms of psychological detachment I would just say that I'm very psychologically just because of time detached from who I was um like I, obviously I'm not myself at 16 anymore and I look back at her and I'm like how did you do it mm. but realistically if I put myself in her shoes, she was burnt out. She was tired. But it's the fact that I just kept pushing through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I achieved certain things. Maybe it wasn't the best way to cope with that stress. But, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. Um, And I just, yeah, I think the detachment goes a long way. So being able to take yourself out of a stressful experience and look back and say, you're actually achieving very well. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Yes. Giving yourself credit Mm. for the work that you do is super, super, super important. Um, Yeah. I think that touches on the next topic. Um, It's saying like, how can you unplug and relax? What activities outside of work or uni do you do that require minimal effort that still give you that relaxing euphoric emotion <laughs> oh I'm if you could see that. me right now I'm, I'm like lifting my arms and like as if I'm I don't even know <laughs> the tiktok in me is like I'm clipping that for tiktok <laughs> anyway and then Emma's just staring at me like I'm an idiot um so what was it it was the like relaxing what, okay. what do you do outside of uni that gives you relaxing yeah <laughs> relaxing oh floaty my arms. gosh i don't know um this has actually been a long term thing over this semester in particular for me um because it's a lot more high stakes i think it's definitely the highest stakes we've gotten to in our degree naturally oh, um and it's gonna get even higher crazy yeah um so Something I've been working on, um, and we have this really cool thing in our program um, where we have a mentorship with uh, fourth-year students, um, and we've been working on different things where I can manage my stress. So, (laughs) funny story. Um, She encouraged me to try meditation, just as an example. Um, And, you know, I set a goal, very OT of me, to set a smart goal around meditation, you know. Um, I want to do it this many times a week, uh... And, you know, just see how my stress levels feel around that um, after that time. And my natural reaction to that was, this is an extra stress in my life. I got stressed out about meditating. Oh, my God. Yeah, I gave myself stress 
about meditating and I was like no, when you no, no, say no, it's it an extra responsibility stress what did that look like for you like well yeah in- I'm a to-do list person yes so I added on to my to-do list yes, every day right and I was like oh this is an extra task this is its own time commitment blah 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 um and although consciously I knew it's a five minute thing you know you don't have to hype it up subconsciously I was like this is another responsibility and so on so we kind of I did a lot of research around different ways um that you can you know self-manage your relaxation um and we actually touched on coloring which I thought originally um I was like not that I thought coloring in was for kids, but it wasn't something that yeah, I integrated yeah. into my adult life. It's just something you associate with kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then I did some more meditation. Or, oh, not meditation, sorry. More study. Mm-hmm. I didn't do any meditation. <laughs> I did study around how um, working with mandalas is actually super, okay, super relaxing. Okay, can we just touch on... Emma just mentioned that she studied why she should <laughs> meditate. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh. After being told by your mentor that you need mm. to meditate, Emma mm. asked Google why she needs to meditate. <laughs> <laughs> what did this study tell you, Emma? Um, I've done actually, yeah, a lot of study around it. And the mandalas, I found so many interesting things. And it, there was this one study where it, um, in as an intervention strategy for managing teachers' stress, it um, integrated uh, the use of mandalas and coloring in mandalas because teachers are obviously, as we know, under so much stress. Um, and they found that it wasn't necessarily the act of coloring in that relieved their stress. It was the fact that they could move their head away from their stress and focus on the mandala. And it, so it wasn't that in itself it relieves stress. It's that it's a distraction. Mm-hmm. And I found that really, really interesting I purchased a book of mandalas to do on my holiday. Um, And within that book, it also mentioned what the meaning of every different color means and what subconsciously you choosing green, what that means is going on in your life. And I found that is just such an interesting thing. So recently I've been trying to do that. Um, But yeah, that's my relaxation strategy, coloring in. I love it. (laughs) What about you, Paris? My relaxation strategy would be... It's quite simple. It's actually just going for a walk along the beach. That's my relaxation strategy. Um, The other day I went for a walk to see my partner. He's a lifeguard. So I was walking to the tower along the beach. And honestly, it was the most relaxing thing I ever (laughs) did recently. And I know that sounds insane because people go on walks all the time. But I feel like our schedule lately is just crazy. It's just like my to-do list is insane and I was losing my even know thoughts and like so I was like I'm gonna go for a walk and I called Emma on the way back and she just did a neuro exam she was saying like don't stress like it's all good and I actually felt like a whole different person after I got back wow yeah so good I know and I was like okay well I should do that more often but I don't get to I think while we're touching on the relax point, um, I think it's so important, even in the busy times, that we make time for ourselves as linking back to the first point that we did. Yeah, like not just pushing through, doing all the work. It's also 
giving yourself time. Like, that is the key to avoiding burnout. Yep. All right. So, we posted on our story um, the other day about tips that you can do um, to avoid burnout. Um, We also have some stress relief ideas on our Instagram if you want to check that out. Some of these are to step outside your study room to practice breathing techniques coloring in yeah which actually i think that was emma's point i did add that in yeah (laughs) drink some water and exercise and anyone who has gone for a run before it comes back you know the endorphins after it are crazy like go for a run girl like or a walk (laughs) walk walk your dog yeah um turn on your favorite song and sing along this is this is something that sounds kind of cringy. Yeah. But I promise you, that was my therapy. Yeah. Um, in any sad points in my life, whenever I'm trying to work through anything, hop in the car. I don't care if it's midnight. I mean, obviously, as long as you're Emma, awake enough you to drive. In your car at midnight? <laughs> I am screaming to Taylor Swift. Yes. Do you know what I mean? <gasps> Wait, I did not know you were a Tay-Tay fan. What the heck? Anyone that knows Born me knows I'm, like, freaking obsessed with Tay-Tay. No. Um, yeah, so that's just, like, my biggest mental health tip there. Literally, if you if you are awake enough at midnight to um, drive... Pop Shake It Off on. <laughs> that's how Probably tip. not Shake It Off. <laughs> Mine's, like, should have said no, just screaming. Oh. But, um... Like, just all these different things. Like, it's just, oh, oh, it's just poetry. I love just um, singing to songs when you're at a point of stress. I think this last one's my favorite one, which is call a friend or a loved one. Yeah, and my family would know this every time, every single time I leave work late at night, I will call one of my family members. I will always talk to them while a majority of that reason is because I moved away from my family, um, like hometown. Uh, but so I like to catch up with them a lot, but again, it's like, I just need to center myself in the moment as much as I'd love to pop on a podcast. It's also great to maintain my relationships and make sure that I know that I'm in control of that aspect of my life. That's so important. And I'm glad you touched on that, Emma, because what I usually do is I call my boyfriend and like you don't know how much of a difference it makes like even though for them it's just another call like you could be at the at a low I don't even know what it's about in a burnout stage Mm -hmm. call your boyfriend probably most of the time happy after a call 100% 100% (laughs) and I feel like it can be good for one of two reasons. It can be good because you can rant to them and you can get it all off your chest. Or it can be good because you can hear about their life. Yes. And you don't have that psychological detachment from your situation and worry about them. Or yes. not worry, but be interested in what they're going through at the moment. So that's the detachment. I'm add one in because that just reminded me last night and the night before I was struggling to get to sleep because I had so much on my mind mm-hmm. and I was like, what can I do? So I picked up a book and anyone that knows me, I'm not a reader. <laughs> so I don't, I don't really like reading in my spare time, but I picked up a book and it was the best. It made me fall asleep in less than five minutes and wow. I read like a whole two chapters. Wow. Like in not long. 
Yeah, see, I'm not a reader either, um, and my family knows this because they're all massive readers. No, but I'm just not, my and I just can't. Partner is a massive reader, and I'm like, Max, how how do you do it? <laughs> like, I don't have that motivation to finish a whole lecture and then pick up another book and read. Yeah, I don't want to continue reading. No, exactly. But it is when I do get the opportunity to, and on mid semester break, I did get the opportunity to read a whole book. Oh my like gosh. in my life, I think I've only. <laughs> In my mature life, I think I've only read like genuinely like five complete books. I've started heaps, but it's People just not. People watching this are like, like, why are you ranting about <laughs> not liking <Books>. books? <laughs> we got on a tangent. Um, we yeah, but anyway. reading is good. It is good when you can get to do it. I just lack the motivation to do so. Yeah. Okay, so we recently shared some signs of burnout and we're going to touch on them now all right so this lovely post is by holding space for the therapist it's on instagram um so it's 12 signs of burnout first one is loss of motivation 100 that's what i was talking about before it was just like it's difference between stress and burnout it's the fact that you just get to the point where you don't want to do anything anymore oh I think I mentioned just before, interrupted sleep. That's the next point. <laughs> so I picked up a book. That's yeah, what I wow. did. Um, next one. I'm just going to read them off and Emma, you can pitch in if you want to. I'll comment on what I yeah. need to. <laughs> Increased pessimism. pessimism. Feeling apathetic. So that's when you're not relating to anyone else when you think you've only experienced them in the world like you're the only person who's ever experienced these feelings in the world and I think that touches on a really important topic to allow people in to help you because most likely your mum or your older sisters or your older brothers or friends have experienced it before and they have excellent tips to share see that's so interesting because your experience of apathy is very different to my experience so Mm. you think you get to the point of being so stressed out. This is what I'm assuming from yes, what you just yeah. said, that you think no one's ever experienced it before. But I get to the apathetic stage of burnout where I'm just like, none of your stresses really matter because everyone's been through it before. Yeah, so it's so interesting right. how we can both experience yeah. apathy, but in such different ways. I Absolutely. just thought that was interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, one is self-doubt. And I think... That touches on what you just mentioned. Mm -hmm. Self-doubt that your feelings don't matter, which they absolutely do. (laughs) You have absolutely every reason to be stressed out right now. Absolutely. And please listen to this episode and take from it what you want. Please go on for a walk. Please go color in. Please go call (laughs) your boyfriend, call your loved one, you know. Um, the last aspect of burnout that I want to touch on um, is what triggers it. Yeah. So for me, there's very specific things in my environment that will trigger burnout. Um, obviously, there is the the assessments, all that kind of thing, deadlines. Um, but for me, if I'm doing something where there's not very much passion in it, I will burn out straight away. So if I'm not very interested in the topic, I will avoid it. The motivation will go away. Um, But to a point where, although there's deadlines, and that's the stress aspect, I have no motivation. So it together just collectively triggers burnout in my life. So the way I can overcome burnout is by 
looking at a, a topic, a, an assessment, what in that is an area of interest for me? You do know what I'm saying? Like, mm. if, um, for an example, I don't have much interest in hand therapy. Yeah. Um, just never really been anything I'm interested in within OT. Um, but I know Paris is super interested in it. So, like, I myself would have to look at hand therapy and be like, what in that is so interesting to me? And in yeah, particular... aspects that yeah. you enjoy. Yeah. And I think within hand therapy, I think the most rewarding part, an aspect that I would find interesting is the neuroplasticity aspect of it. Like how mm. you can retrain muscles. And yeah. I think that's very interesting. Um, so that's Another kind of an example. Another thing with hand therapy I'm going to add in is you can relieve people from pain, which mm. is a sudden reward. Like, you know that you've just changed someone's life. You know that maybe they've bring a splint into you that has been hurting them for weeks, has been digging in. And with you just rubbing out that section I'm, I'm doing the motion of how we've learned to do it in our classes <laughs> tell me you talk with your hands yeah, without telling me <laughs> I'm so into hand therapy um yeah sudden changes but also it is a very long-term change like yeah. you work with someone who maybe has couple tunnel syndrome and it's a long process so I guess it's variety yeah as well yeah and see that's something that if I didn't bring up the aspect of hand therapy, mm-hmm. I never would have thought about. I so. think that's really important too, is talking to people with an interest in a topic that you're not really interested in. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds weird, but like they can tell you something that you might not even know was a part of the topic. Like Emma said, talking to her guidance counselor who knew nothing <laughs> about OT, who said it was I don't about want to help. Yeah, I said it yeah, and Emma she said. affirmed it. Yes. So... <laughs> Look, talking to a professional, talking to someone who knows what they're talking about is going to help you majorly. Yes, definitely. Um, I'm going to refer to some resources here that my lovely boss has sent me. Some important things that you can do to change your thought process in burnout is to um, say self-affirmations. So what this looks like is self-efficacy, as in saying I can and I will complete this task. I know how to complete this task and I will complete this task. So what this is, is retraining your brain to being so overwhelmed by the amount and craziness of the content to saying, you know what? My brain is amazing. It can, and it will learn this and it takes time. And if you give your body rest and if you protect your body like a vessel, it will support you and it can learn. Um, another really helpful thing to do is reframe to engage your power. What will I learn from this? And I think this really touches on what Emma said as well. Instead of saying, I'm not really interested in that. I don't even want to touch on that. Say like, what can I learn from this? What can I take away from this? And how will it help me in the long-term run in three, five, ten years and will it benefit my career? Because I know for sure I'm learning about neuroplasticity and I know that it underlies every rehab concept like use it or lose it mm. or um, mm. specificity matters or, you know, like... My, my boyfriend will know that I'm just obsessed with the concept mm-hmm. of neuroplasticity. Yeah. I, I just think it's so interesting that internal and external external stimuli can 
just cause you to completely change. You know Absolutely. what I'm saying? Like, and obviously, you know it's small incremental changes. With but neuroplasticity, you know the intervention, it's like... Um, it's like got this web like circle and you reach in it and it um it's more used for hand therapy but it it changes your grip strength i think of that like the brain like it's just like collecting like a web like <laughs> yeah. internal and external information like i don't know that i think that really ties it together how we mentioned that neuroplasticity underlies all your brain is amazing and it can and it will get you through this and your body will support you every day and, and beyond that, you can and you will overcome burnout. Yes. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, although you might be struggling at the moment, and I know all uni students are struggling at the moment, you can, you know, submit all your assessments on time and you will. And the important thing is just to protect your mental health and know that you can achieve it because you have in the past. And on that as well, there is so many amazing resources you can reach out to if you are not coping or if you need an extra help. I mean, I know that there's extensions, there's LAP plans, there's um, counsellors free of charge at the university. Yeah. And uh, like... Headspace is an amazing resource if you're... um I believe it's under 25, is it, for Headspace? Yeah, I think so. And don't be afraid to use those resources. They're there for you. And no one is shaming you for using those resources. And, yeah, that's also another part of burnout that you think... Because you push yourself under this so much stress, you're like, I'm just going to have to get myself mm-hmm. out of it. But you don't. You can talk to someone. Yes. It's completely... It's all part of the human experience. Yep. And people know what you're going through and they can hold space for you. Yep, exactly. Right, I reckon that wrapped up burnout really, wow. really well. I think that was great. Okay, um, anything else you'd like to add before we finish up? I really liked this quote that I found on Instagram the other day while scrolling through our O2B and OT feed. <laughs> um, it's by the OT Collective in South Australia. I really like their Instagram page yeah. as well. They have great oh my merchandise. God, shout out to okay. OT They're good. Uh, Collective <laughs> Australia, South Australia. Um, it was basically an affirmation, and I think this ties in with what we were just talking about, I can and I will pass it. Um, yeah, so this affirmation is, I will pass my finals, I will pass my classes, I will finish strong, I will not be defeated, and I will be an OT. And I know that we've been rambling for a while, but I think affirmations are so, 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 so important. Yeah. Because you don't realise how what you are saying to your brain and what you're saying to yourself your brain manifests that and it believes that. You know, if you, yeah. you say, I can't get through this, well, then chances are, because you keep saying that, your brain will believe it and you can't get through this. Yes. So affirmations are so, so, so important because it provides it provides you with that motivation to keep going and you're training your brain to believe in itself. And I just think, I just think affirmations yeah. are amazing. And we're going to leave you with a challenge at Ooh. the end of this episode. We are going to get you to pass this exam. And how we're going to do this is we're going to get you to stand in front of the mirror, say to yourself, I will pass this exam. I will pass my finals and I will be an occupational therapist. We need more OTs in the world. They are amazing people and you will be one of them. So, And you'll be a great one of them. Yes. I think you just need to give yourself some credit sometimes. Yeah. Credit where it's due. Yes. So I think that, that rounds us out. Yes. Okay, well, thank you so much for joining us, everyone. We Mm. hope you loved another episode. Please let us know if you want to 
us to talk about anything in particular. And I think um, for upcoming episodes, now that we've built a little bit of a following, we're going to be putting up question boxes on yes. our Instagram stories. Um, but yeah, happy OT week, everyone. Happy OT week. Yeah, bye.